right, let's go to First Peter chapter number 4, verse number 10. First Peter chapter number 4, verse number 10. Let's actually step, start from verse 9. It's in, interesting there what verse 9 is saying. It says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Verse 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Now, it says here, that each one has received a gift. Can you see that? Say this to me. Say, I have received a gift from God. So the Bible says each one has received a gift. And we have already established that even though you may not have discovered your gift that yet, that does not mean you have not received a gift. Otherwise, God will be lying, Right? God says everyone has received a gift. So if God says you have received a gift, that means you have a gift. You probably just need to discover what that gift is. And one of the reasons why you may not know that you're gifted is because you're trying to be someone else. You're trying to be who you're not, and you keep failing at it, and you think that you are not gifted. Everyone has a gift. We are all gifted. Amen? It also says here that we must minister the gift to one another. We must minister to one another with the gifts that God has given to us. Say this to me. Say, my gift is supposed to benefit others. God did not gift me for myself, but God gifted me for the benefit of others. Say this, say, others are supposed to be ministered to by my gift. Amen? So he says here, minister it to one another. And then verse 11 says, um, he says, minister it to one another, before verse 11, <clears throat> as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So in other words, God has graced me and you for the gift. Now, to be graced means God has empowered you or God has anointed you for the gift. Are you with me? So God has placed his power or God has placed his anointing upon that gift. That is called grace. So you are graced in that area of your gift. God has graced you in the area of your gift. So in other words, uh, you, you can function in your gift with no effort, really. You can function in your gift 
without stressing about it. You know, someone can wake Pastor Tapelo up in the middle of the night and give him a keyboard. He will operate on the gift. Someone can wake Pastor Tapelo in the middle of the night and give him a mic and say, talk about on marriage. He will operate on his gift without thinking about it. Why? Because he is graced in that area of his gift. He's anointed in that area of your gift. Are you with me? Uh, someone can... can, can put Dean uh, Nkosi in the Bible school and say what needs to be done. He will know what needs to be done uh, because he's graced in that gift. And when you're graced in that gift, you are authorized in that gift. You are given the power to function in that gift. God has placed his super on your gift so that you can function in that gift with really no hassle at all. Stan is graced in, 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 in hearing what is needed in the sound. I mean, he can hear things that we can't hear, and he knows what to do to make sure that uh, 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 things that are, uh, the sound is perfect in the church. Amen? He looks at that mixer with so many buttons. I mean, when I get to that mixer and I look at those many buttons, I get confused because I'm not graced in that area. But he goes there and he looks at all these things and he knows where to touch, what to do, you know, how much to twist and everything so that he, it may produce the perfect sound. Are we together? Are we, are we sure we're together? Praise God. Uh, Tando is graced on putting together the worship band. How many of you guys enjoyed the worship team today? Amen. I mean, this guy, he, he select the songs, and then he select those that must lead the songs. I mean, if I was to be given the task on who should lead a song, I, I would always choose me, because I, I think I'm a better singer than, than all our, our singers right here, right? The reason why I'm not singing with them is because I don't want them to feel like they're not gifted by me shining on my gift, right? So... So, so I decide, you know, let me just sit down because I don't want to embarrass somebody. But, but Tando is gifted on, on putting together this whole team. I mean, if you look at him during the prison worship team, I don't know if you guys do look at him, but sometimes I look at him, he'll be looking at people and then he'll be doing like, I mean, I don't know what that is. I mean, but that is a language between themselves whereby he can tell the drama, or the keyboard player, one, two, three. I don't know what those are. But clearly, they understand what he's saying because, I mean, they will be responding with their heads and then they're talking and everything. And, I mean, they're putting this thing together, but there's a lot of, you know, elements into it to bring the perfect sound. Why? Because they are functioning in their gift. They're functioning in the grace. Are you with me? Hello? All right, then we have uh, 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 um, Mr. Mbezi who made sure that we've got light in the house, amen? I spoke to Mr. Mbezi about three, four weeks ago, and I said uh, his, 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 his gift is not complete. There's, there's a light that's not on over there. There's another one that's not on over there. So he has not used his gift to his full potential. He has robbed us on the grace, but... but, but, but we, we got light on stage. We never had light on stage. Amen? Somebody say, come on, Mr. Mbezi. We want some light. Amen. Come on, say, Mr. Mbezi. Please allow your gift to minister unto us. Amen. 
Hallelujah. You'll see. Next week we'll have light. <laughs> now, it says here, if anyone speaks, all right? Now, this is another gift. If anyone speaks, let him speak. We look on verse 11. Let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it. Listen to this. As with the ability which God supplies. That's the grace. Let him do it with the ability that God supplies. Say, God gives me the gift and God supplies me with the ability to function with the gift he gave me. Think about that. He does not only give you the gift, but he gives you the ability to function in the gift. Hello? Now, we can only function with the ability that God gives us when we acknowledge God, the giver of the gift. But if we do not acknowledge the giver of the gift, then we don't receive from him the anointing. There are those that use the gift that God has given them in their own effort, in their own ability. But there's something about allowing God to help you or to give you the ability to function in the gift. You know, everyone can play a keyboard, but there's something about someone who is playing the keyboard with the ability that God supplies or the anointing that God supplies. Everyone can sing, but there's something about the one who sings with the ability that God supplies or with the anointing that God supplies. Everyone can minister and speak and preach, but there's something about the one who ministers and preaches with the gift or the ability that God supplies or the power that God supplies. God will use our gift and will give us the ability to and supply us with the anointing of our gift if we surrender our gift to him. If we do what? Surrender our gift to him. Who is your gift surrendered to? Hello? Let's continue. It says here that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Say, God wants my gift to give him glory. Say, God wants to be glorified in my gift. So our gift is supposed to bring glory to God. How does our gift bring glory to God? Simple. When we use it for his kingdom. My gift brings glory to God when I use my gift to benefit God's house and God's kingdom. But if I use the gift that God has given me to benefit me, then the gift gives glory to who? To myself. To me. If I use 
the gift for the plans of the devil, then my gift is bringing glory to who? The devil. God don't want us sitting on our gifts in his house. God wants us to use our gifts to bring glory in his house. Are you with me, family? All right, now, go with me to Exodus. <clears throat> Exodus. Exodus chapter 35, verse 30 and 32. Exodus 35, verse 30 and 32. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hor, of the tribe of Judah. And God has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Verse 82. To design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting in carving wood, and to work in all manner of artistic work. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach. Now we see here in the word of God that God has gifted this fellow. And it says here, God has filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge. In all manner of workmanship. So that he may be able to design artistic work. So that he may be able to function in the gift that God has given him. He has given him the ability to function in this gift. And he has given him understanding, wisdom, and knowledge. So that he may be able to do the job. So he's not doing the job in his own ability. He's doing the job in the ability that God supplies. He's functioning in the grace of God. He's functioning in this thing and he's bringing glory to God. Imagine God giving you the spirit, filling you with his spirit to function in your gift. So you do not only need the gift. You need God to fill you with his spirit to Work the gift. When you only work the gift without God, you are limited. Working what God gave you without God limits what God gave you. Working the gift without the giver of the gift limits the gift. We need to submit the gift to the one who has supplied or given the gift so that the gift can produce what he intended for the gift to produce. You see, God has gifted me with the, uh, with the gift of speaking or speaking his word 
For what purpose? So that he can encourage the hearer, so that he can build up the church, so that he may bring you guys to the unity of Christ. But if I do not allow God to use me as a vessel and submit my gift to him, and I want to talk whatever I want to talk on the pulpit, and I want to impress you guys and excite you guys, then I'm limiting this gift that God has given me, and it will not produce the results that God has ordained it to produce. Are you with me? So imagine God, you know, gives me a message and he plants a message in my heart. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about what makes me feel good or what makes me, what will excite the people. And I just do what I want to do and I ignore what God wants done. Then I'm not going to accomplish results for God. And God is not glorified in my gift. Because I'm using God, the gift that God has given me for my own selfish reasons. And we do that a lot in the church. We sit on our gifts. We sit on our skills. We sit on our talents. And we don't want to use them to benefit the house. And we are so gifted in these different fields in such a way that we can see when something is wrong. Why? Because God has graced you in that field. And when you see things that are wrong, God did not open your eyes so that you can point out the wrong. God opened your eyes to the wrong so that you may be part of the solution to the wrong. Are you with me? You see that curtain, that curtain. If, if they had really done something with that curtain in the church, it would have looked better. Why don't you do something about it? We don't see what you see. Do something about it. What's about that pulpit? I really don't like that pulpit, man. I wish they had this other pulpit that I saw. You know why you saw it? God wanted you to get it so that you can replace this one. Hello? Now, I'm going to show you something very interesting just now. <laughs> yes, week we also looked into Matthew 25, where uh, God gave different gifts to different people, right? And, um, and he traveled, you know, he said, uh, this, this business person, you know, referring to Jesus also, that, you know, he gave different gifts to different people and then he traveled to a far country. And then when he came back, uh, he wanted to see what they, what they did with the gifts that he gave to them. And one said to him, the one who he gave five, he said, uh, you know, I've got five more, so I've got ten. And the one who had two said, I've got two more, so I've got four. And the one who had one, he said, you know, you know, I brought you back what you gave me. I mean, he did not multiply the gift. He did not use the gift. He did not increase the gift. He just gave God back what God gave him. And, and, but if you look at God's response to all of them, to the one who he gave five and then he multiplied the five and brought back ten, he said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with the little things. I will now make you ruler over much. And the one who had two and he brought 
back fall. He said the same thing to him. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because you've been faithful with the little things, I will make you ruler over much. And then he said, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And then to the one who returned the gift as it was. In other words, God gave him a gift and he did not use the gift. He did not increase the gift. He did not benefit anyone with the gift. He just brought the gift back to God the same way as God gave him the gift. And this is what the Lord said to him. He said, depart from me, you wicked and lazy servant. Depart from me, you who? Wicked and lazy servant. And I mean, for me, it looked like, Lord, are you, are you not being harsh here? Because at least he brought back the gift. He did not lose the gift. He did not misuse it. He just brought back what you gave him. Why are you calling him lazy and wicked? And we went and looked at this word wicked and found out that it, it means a whole lot of uh, interesting things. Wicked means evil. So God says, you evil servant. He's evil for not using the gift. He's evil for not increasing the gift. He's evil for not benefiting anyone with the gift. He called him sinful. So it's a sin according to God not to use your gift. He called him murderous. Murderous. Who has he murdered? Who is he murdering? He is murdering God's plan because God has gifted you for his plan. And if you don't use your gift for God's plan, you are a murderer. You are a killer of God's plan. You are a killer of what God wants to do or what God wants to accomplish. When you're sitting with your gift and the church is not functioning to his fullest capacity, you are a killer of the plan of God in the church because he brought you in this church with the gift that he has given you and you're not using it for the benefit of the church so that you may bring the church to another level and grow the church. You are a murderer. He called him hateful. He said, you wicked and lazy servant. To be wicked is to be hateful. You are a hater of, of what is God's because you don't want to contribute to it. You are a hater of, of, of what God wants to accomplish. You are hateful. You shady. You are immoral. You are blasphemous. You are impure. Not using your gift where your gift is needed is being impure. He said, you are horrible. I mean, I got all these things from Google. Don't blame me. It is Google who, who gave me definitions of wicked. I went, I said, Google, wicked. Please give me meaning of wicked. Felix, he said it's to be evil, bad, sinful, murderous, hateful, immoral, shady, blasphemous, impure, horrible. When you don't use your gift, you are horrible. Stop being Horrible. And then he says, you are black-hearted. That's what the Bible says, not me. He says, yeah, you are black-hearted. He says, you are rotten. Please, someone, go and, I told you last week, go Google. Go Google, Google will show you what Google showed me. He says, you are rotten. And then he says, you are dirty, perverted, and here's a big one, unholy. 
unholy. And this is what Jesus, yes sir? That's what Google says, unholy. You got it there? Google says unholy. Now, remember this is what Jesus said to this one man who did not use his gift. He said, depart from me, you wicked and lazy servant. You wicked. And all these words that we've been talking about, that's what Google says wicked means. Depart from me. And to the others who use their gift and multiply their gift, he said, well done. When we get to heaven, we're going to hear one of two things. We're either going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, or we're going to hear, depart from me, you wicked and lazy servant, for I knew you not. I never knew you. But Lord, Lord, I cast demons in your name. I laid hands on the sick. Yes, you did it for your glory. I never asked you to do it. That's why I feel sorry for people that call themselves to places of preach. And they want to do what God has not asked them to do. They want to do what they have an interest in, but God has not authorized them to do that. God has not called them to do it. They want to put it upon themselves. God is going to say, depart from me, you wicked, wicked and lazy servant. But Lord, I preach in your name. Who told you to do that? Who authorized you to do that? You had my servant who told you to sit and learn and you did not want to do that. You were, oh, shit now. John Bevere did, 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 um, it was not a movie, man, but, uh, um, okay, this is what he did. He said, he can just imagine what will happen when we get to heaven. And he said, picture this, we get to heaven, and, 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 and God is about to judge. And then Jesus stands, and then he says um, to everybody who is in heaven, all God's children, and then Jesus says, <laughs> uh, can, can, and then he stands with the book, and then he stands there, and then he said, um, can, um, can evangelist Mdolo please stand up? And Mr. Mdolo looks around and says, no, he must be talking about another Mdolo, but this is not me. Evangelism dollar, please stand up. And then he says, nobody standing up. And then Mr. Mdolo just stands up and says, uh, Jesus, sorry, uh, I'm not sure if you're talking about me. Uh, I am Mr. Mdolo, but I'm not an evangelist, sir. Um, I've just been a good wife to my, a good husband to my wife, a good father to my children. Uh, but I am Mr. Mtolo. He said, Mr. Mtolo, where is the 100,000 souls that I have graced you to win for my kingdom? Uh, 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 Jesus, I, I did not win any 100,000 souls, sir, because I've just been a good husband to my wife and a good father to my child. He said, Mr. Mtolo, you did well by being a good husband to your wife. You did well by, doing, by being a great father to your child. But that's not all that I've called you to be. I called you, graced you, and authorized you 
to win for me, for my kingdom, a hundred thousand souls. You are accountable for those people that are in hell, Mr. Mdolo. Depart from me, you wicked and lazy servant, for I never knew you. And then he comes and he says, Can I please have Mrs. Mahotra to please stand up? Pastor Mahotra, please stand up. Then Mama Khotra looks at everybody like, I am Mama Khotra, but I'm not a pastor. Pastor Mahotra, please stand up. Uh, Jesus, Jesus. I am Mrs. Makotla, but say I'm not a pastor. Said Mrs. Makotla, I authorized you, graced you, to be a pastor alongside your husband. The sheep that are crying in hell, that I graced you and authorized you to cancel them in marriage. I saved your marriage so I can show you how to save other marriages. I graced you on how to be a counselor in marriages. So, Mrs. Makotla, those people in hell, they are in hell because you did not use the gift that I authorized you for. Depart from me, you wicked and lazy servant, for I never knew you. I married Jesus. I kept encouraging my husband to be a good husband. (laughs) And then he comes and he says, can millionaire, businessman, kingdom financier, Nkiwana, please stand up. Kingdom financier who has built my kingdom, built my churches, and made sure that my servant that I called him to serve, he preaches in a, in a nice suit every weekend. <laughs> and Mr. Nkiwana stands up. And said, Jesus, Jesus, I am a millionaire. But Jesus, I use my millions, sir, for other reasons. And he said, Mr. Nkiwana, because of your wickedness and laziness, my kingdom has been suffering financially. Where is the ten buildings that I have graced you to build with the wisdom and anointing and power to create wealth? You used your wealth to just please your wife and please your family and please everyone that you love, but you did not use the millions that I graced you for, for the assignment that I have placed and graced you for. Depart from me, you wicked and lazy servant, for I never knew you. So John Bavir says he can just imagine Judgment Day, this thing happening and people finding out what God expected them to do in his house and in his kingdom. And they get so shocked because they did nothing close to what God has called them to do. They did things that made them feel good, things that gave them recognition, but they never edified the body. They never built up the body of Christ with their gifts and talents and skills. God has given us gifts, talents, and skills to minister them to one another with the grace that he has placed upon our lives. God has given us gifts so that others may benefit with the things that he has anointed us for. Some of you guys are good cook. You are great cook like Boputi. 
Hello. There's nothing wrong with making profit from the gift that God has given you, yes. But it should not only be about that. I'm going to Dr. Roger. Why would I not use the gift that God has given me for my own selfish reasons and not to glorify the one who has gifted me? Why would I be comfortable sitting on my gift while the body of Christ is suffering and I am carrying the solution and yet I am not willing to contribute? Sometimes it's not that we're not willing. Thank you, Lord, I'll say that. Sometimes it's not that we're not willing. Sometimes the devil attacks us so much that we feel like we don't even have the opportunity or the time to do it. That's why he says, do not be ignorant of the devil's schemes and strategies and his devices because he will keep you so busy that your gift is not used for what God has called it to be. And then what happens? You become unfulfilled. You become empty. You become irritable. You become stressful. Why? You are not functioning how God has called you to function. You are out. You are misplaced. You are misplaced. You are not functioning where God... Stress is an indication that you are not where you're supposed to be. Because where you are not supposed to be, you start thinking of things that you're not supposed to be thinking. You're supposed to be looking into what you're not supposed to be. When you are where God has called you to be, I promise you, you will be like a fish inside the water. You will just do your thing. A fish does not struggle in water. It does its thing because it's been created to live in that kind of environment. When I get inside the water for two minutes, oh, blah, 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 blah. You're, not, you're, not, you're not authorized to function underwater. Hello? I mean, in your tub, in your tub, go batting. Are you with me? Quickly, 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 quickly. There's something I want to show you. Something I want to show you from the scripture that, you, that we know very well. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we quickly go? To Romans 12. Am I right? Yes, Romans 12. Romans 12. Let's quickly go to Romans 12. Is it Romans 12? Thank you, Jesus. It says here, verse 3. Romans 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God, had, as God has dealt to everyone a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. We've got all many members in one body. The body's got eyes, the body's got a mouth, the body's got nose, the body's got ears, the body's got hands and feet and fingers. All these members are different members, but they belong to one body. Check this out. All right. Verse 5. So, we, being many, 
are one body in Christ. We be many are one body and individually members of one another. We being many are of one body and individually members of one another. In other words, the body is one. There, is, there isn't different bodies. There isn't many different bodies. The body is one. But the members, the things that makes the body the body are different. The fingers, the toes, they are different, but they make the body. The eyes, the head, oh, the head is Jesus, right? The ears, everything, they are different, but they make the body. But they are individually different. Their individualism does not mean they must be separate. We like separating ourselves because we feel different. Their differences don't mean they must be separate. In actual fact, their differences makes the body to be complete and to function appropriately. So he says here, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Look at verse 6. Having then gifts differing, differing, our gifts are differing, our gifts are different. But they make the body. I, was, I, was, I don't like going to the church because I'm different. No, 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 no. I, I can't relate with that group because I'm different. Huh? He says here, having then gifts, differing according to the grace, uh, they are differing according to what? The grace. According to what? The anointing. According to what? The ability. According to what? The power that we receive from God, right? According to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Use them who? The gifts that are different. Let us use them. If that gift is to prophesy, prophesy a man of God in proportion to our faith. In proportion not in proportion to the fridge, in proportion to our faith. All right, c c continue, continue, continue. Or if the gift is ministry, let us use it in our ministry. The one who teaches, use the gift in teaching. Continue. The one who exhorts in exhortation. There is also another of giving. The one who gives, there is Giving, but there is also the gift of giving. The gift of giving are those that are anointed to be givers. They are anointed to make millions, and they are anointed to give millions. They've got the faith to give millions. Some of you guys, your faith is in 10 rand. There are people's faith that are in the millions. 
Some of you guys, your faith is five rand. He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads the gift of leading, he must do it with diligence. Diligence. The one who shows mercy, there's a gift of mercy. You, you can't help but be merciful. You can't help but feel for others. You can't help but pity others. You can't help but help others. You can't help yourself. Even even the ones that are making you upset, you've got mercy for them. You've got the gift of mercy. He says the one with mercy, with cheerfulness. Cheerfulness, continue. No, it's fine. We have one, we have one. Using your gift. Are you with me, family? Let me show you something very quickly. Let me show you something very quickly that's going to shock you. Go with me to Acts 5. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Oh no. Thank you for coming back. Let me show you. Acts chapter 5. <laughs> I saw this. I'm like, Lord, I never saw this before. I've read the scripture many times, but I never saw this before. I'm about to show you something that's going to blow your mind. In fact, I saw this and this instilled fear into my heart. Fear. The fear of, of misusing God's gift. The fear of not using the gift that God has given me wrongly, inappropriately. X5. Let's read X5 from verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, Sapphira, Sarafina, his wife, it says here, sold a possession. No, no, please don't miss that. Someone went out. Who went out? They must come back. So this man and his wife, they, they sold what? They sold a possession. They sold a possession. I don't know. I think I read someone where, somewhere where it says, their po- it must have been their possession, right? They sold what belongs to who? To them. It is theirs. They sold it. Now check this out. And he kept back Part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it. And brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So this man, he sold this possession. And he kept part of the proceeds. Part of the profit. And his wife was aware. She was not ignorant. So in other words, they agreed. They did what? Agreed. And they brought a, a, a portion, a part of the proceeds to the apostles' feet. Now check this out. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart 
to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. Why has Satan did what? Filled your heart. But Peter, it is my land. So this possession, we found out that it was a piece of land. No, it was my land. And if it's my land, I get to choose if I want to give or not, or what part of the proceeds am I going to give or not. And he says here, the devil filled his heart. Now, it confused me a little bit, but let's continue reading. While it remained in verse 4, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, before I go to what happened to him. Now think about this in what we're talking about. Think about this in the gift that God has given you that we're talking about. And remember, God gave you the gift for a purpose, for a reason. Not for you to shine, to look nice, to brag and everything. No, even though your gift will make you shine, your gift will make room for you. But that's not what he gave you the gift for. He gave you the gift to benefit his kingdom. He gave you the gift to benefit his house. Amen? Now, this attitude of not using our gifts, which God has given to us, is exactly what Ananias is doing. And by you not functioning in your gift and you're refusing to use your gift, you are lying the same as Ananias was lying. Or you are using your gift half-heartedly, occasionally, based on how you feel, where you see fit, based on your circumstances. You are not using the gift of God to its fullest potential. You are using it half-heartedly. And by so doing it, you are robbing the body, you are robbing. Remember, we all have different bodies and we differ, but we make up the body. If this hand is not helping this one to lift this chair, I'm putting a strain on one chair. So this one chair, they, I mean, a strain on one hand. Because both hands if they work together equally at the same time to lift up the chair, there is no strain on one chair, on one hand. And if I put a strain on... If I put a strain on one hand, the one that is doing all the work will become weak, sick. Because it's not getting assistance from the other. I may be the one hand. You may be the other hand. And if you are not helping me with what God has called me to do, you are putting a strain on me. And as a result, I will end up being weak. I will end up 
being ineffective. So they were in war and they realized that as long as his hands were down, they were getting defeated. But as long as his hands were lifted up, they were receiving the victory. And they realized that this man cannot bring his hands up all by himself all day long so that we may experience the victory. So they made a plan because they wanted to make sure that his hands are always lifted up. So they brought two alongside him to make sure, come, 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 two, two, alongside him. They, they make sure that his hands are always lifted up. And as long as his hands are lifted up, they were receiving the victory. God was opening up businesses. Marriages were succeeding. Businesses were increasing. Employment was coming. As long as the hands of the leader was lifted up. I'm getting, I'm getting weak because you're not holding me. You're not holding me. Now that the hands of, 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 of the king was lifted up, he was even able to attach a fall. Check this out, check this out. And we think that we are winning in our different fields because we are cute, smart. We're not winning in our fields because of that. We're winning in our fields because we are the ones that are making sure that the king's hands are lifted up. We are the ones that are making sure that the king's, when you make sure that the king's hands are lifted up, God anoints your field. God anoints your home. God anoints your workplace. God anoints, I mean, things start working out wherever you are because you are the one making sure that your contributions and your efforts are making sure that the king's hands is lifted up. But when they let the king's hands drop down, all of a sudden, things are not helping. They're not helping. They're not working out. But let me, let me show you. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. Let me show you quickly. I'm almost done. I don't know how you keep the, the king's hands lifted up, but I promise you, your gift is authorized to do that. Verse, verse number what? Four. Five. Thank you. Then Ananias, hearing these words, what did he hear? He heard Peter telling him that you have lied. Lied, lied, quickly, quickly. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Great fear came upon all those who were gifted and they were tempted to use their gift the same way as Ananias did it. He did what? He died. All right, check this out. Lord, are we going to die? And the young man arose and wrapped him up, carried him and buried him. Check what happens. Now, it was about three hours later when his wife came in. So his wife comes, not knowing what had happened to her husband. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. So she said, yes, for so much. Why did she say that? Because remember, she did what with her husband? They agreed. They agreed. But she does not know what happened to her husband. She comes back three hours later, and then Peter, the man of God, they, he asked her as well, did you guys sell your land for this much? She said, yes. Guess what, what, what says it happened to her? 
Peter said, look. Oh, oh. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of God? Look, the feet of those who have buried their husbands. In other words, I, I, I'm sure they're still coming back. But when they walked out, they left, <laughs> they left marks of their feet. And then Peter says, look at the feet of those. These are the feet of those that went to go bury your husband. Are at the door. And they will carry you out as well. And the Bible says, she dropped down there too. Continue. Then immediately, she fell down at his feet and breathed his last. This is what I want to bring to your attention. Because I know you're thinking, no, I have not used my gift for so long, but I'm still alive. Pastor Abby, I'm not dead. Thank God for his grace, right? But listen to me. Please listen to me. You may not be physically dead. But I'm really convinced that there are things in your life somewhere, one way or the other, that are dead because of your refusal to use the gift that God has given you. There are certain things that don't need you to pray. Go use the gift and the gift will make room for what you need. There are certain things that don't need you to go fast and pray. Use what God gave you so that things can be unlocked. I'm really convinced that somewhere in your frustrations, there may be death that has been brought as a result of your refusal and you lying to the kingdom of God and denying God's kingdom from benefiting from the gift that God has given you. And when you do that, the Bible says you are wicked. It says you are sinful. It says yeah, you are black-hearted. It says that you are immoral. And being immoral and being sinful, being a hater, being a murderer, kills certain things that God wants alive in your life. And you will go through frustration and stress and make applications and don't experience favor. And you will wonder, I'm doing so many. I'm praying. I'm faithful. I tithe. What is it that I must do now? Stop lying to the Holy Spirit. Stop lying to the Holy Spirit. If God has placed it in your heart to contribute to a work in his house, don't hesitate. Contribute to the work. Sometimes contributing to the work can be with just ideas. Where a certain department they consult with you for ideas because God has given you the wisdom and understanding to do certain things well. And you just give them the knowledge and they take your knowledge and they make things happen. And God's house becomes beautiful. Benefit others. Just your knowledge. Yes, you may not have the time, but you may have the time to impart some skills, some knowledge. Hello, family. There is no excuse. I said to you guys before that I am convinced that the places that God has placed us in our workplaces, 
all the gifts and the skills in our workplaces. The promotion. A young man came to me last week. He said, Pastor, this young man with the camera, this one, this one with the camera, he came to me during the week and he said, Pastor, I've been promoted twice this month. I like young men. Uh, in fact, he put it like this. He put it like this. He said, Pastor, did you see my tithe? i like, no, man, I did not see your tithe. Do you, do you even tithe in this church? He said, of course I tithe. I'm like, I'm not aware. He said, go check my tithe. It's two times more than what I've been tithing. I've been promoted twice. I'm like, how do you get promoted twice? In one month, yet all you do in front of my eyes is take pictures. <laughs> take pictures. Some of you guys may be irritated with what he's doing. But let me give you a, a little big picture of what he's doing. Two weeks ago, I displayed the different departments in the front here. One of the departments that we had here was marketing. And I said that the assignment of this marketing department is to make sure that the church is known out there. We want to make sure that the church is known. We want everyone in Rodipod who does not know of our, our existence to come to know that we exist. So that when they, for whatever reason, come to a point where they have to make a decision to go to church, we are one of the options. So this young man is taking these pictures that we are displaying on social media because today is the day of social media. So we're displaying there so that people may see what we do and we are trying to catch their interest. So that one day when they have a need, they remember, I once saw a picture of a church. I saw past a picture of Pastor Tapelo. He was just with his mouth wide singing and, and that, 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 that picture stayed in my mind and he goes to look at that picture and he finds that picture and he says, because of that picture I want to go to that church. And they come to this church and they receive the good news and God touches their lives and they change their lives because of the young man who just went hmm? and God, because he's faithful in what he's doing in taking pictures and he's making sure that that because he, they know how I love pictures, good pictures, that should be displayed on our page. So as long as I'm happy with the pictures, that means my hands are lifted up. God promotes him. <laughs> God promotes him. Amen. Hello. Let's use our gifts to benefit God, his kingdom, and his house. Oh, the other day, I was here during, on Saturday, I think two weeks ago, not this yesterday, two weeks ago, and, and, and I happened to just pass by the church. Oh, yes, we're coming from Limpopo with, 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 with the leaders, and then we just popped in here. And as we popped in here, a young girl, she had two containers that had sandwiches in them. And she passed by, she went there, and I saw sandwiches, and I got hungry immediately. And I wanted to follow her to go grab some sandwiches, and I said, I, I don't know who I was with. I'm like, what's happening? What are those sandwiches for? This is my church. I never negotiated with anybody and authorized anyone to bring sandwiches, but I wanted to eat them. I'm hungry. What are those sandwiches for? Then I was told that, no. Apparently, uh, Sister Pretty picks sandwiches for the band. 
because they are here and they are singing until very late at night. And she makes sure that she sends sandwiches. I don't know whether it's every Saturday or it was just that day. But I was just so moved and blessed to hear that someone saw a need and they felt like, let me do something because I've got the ability to meet the need. And they brought sandwiches because these guys, when they practice, ooh, bless them, they, get, they are here until midnight sometimes. Mama that does not mean don't cook anymore for Mama because Mrs. Pretty makes the sandwiches. <laughs> are you with me? And she saw the need and she did that. I, I don't think she was asked to do that. I don't even think she was given money to do that. I believe she did that from the goodness of her heart and out of her own means, she saw the need and she met the need. How many needs do you see in the church or wherever you are around you and you blind your eyes of the need? You close your eyes of the need. You know you are needed. You know you can meet the need. You know you've got the ability, but you refuse. You liar. You will drop down dead. Uh, in context of what we're reading, reading about, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't mean that you guys are liars and then you're going to die. No, I'm not cursing you. In line with what we just read in the Bible. Praise God. Amen, family? Come on, let's say it together. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Say it with me. Say, Father God, forgive me for neglecting your house. Forgive me for making it all about me. You have gifted me for the benefit of your house and kingdom. Give me wisdom, Lord. Show me how to use my gift, how to benefit your house with my gift for your glory. Father, I want to live for your glory, not for myself. And I believe that as I use my gift to benefit your house, to benefit your kingdom, as I focus on ministering my gift, Father, you will focus ministering for my house. For my needs. In Jesus name. The focus is you. The focus is you. The focus is you Lord. And not me. In Jesus name.